Hello everybody, how you guys doing? Hello, hello. Um, welcome to Keebcast. Did everyone's name right? I just put Reagan. Fuck. His That's fine, that was good as that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, how you guys doing? How's everyone doing today? Oh, thank you, dude. Roger, thank you so much. Will Stash. He does have... Dude, he's he's basically Big Pog. He is. Stash, huh? <laughs> Alex has some Twitch competition now. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Oh, thank you, dude. He's going to be Wilba.stash now, not Wilba.tech. That'd make, that'd make a lot more sense. Is that the Wilba? Yes, that's the Wilba. Bitmump fan? Poggers? Reagan the best stash? Hey, now. Whoa, 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 whoa. What stash are we talking about there, boys? What stash are we talking on his face there? You mean that peach fuzz? Uh, so if you guys don't know, Wilba.tech, Wilba, he's a really, really great person. I don't know how to introduce you, Wilba, because... You do so much. <laughs> Wilba does so much for this community. Doing a good job. He, he makes the he makes oh, PCBs. Um, he makes cool keyboards like this thermal that's on my desk that's behind Wilba that you can kind of see, but it's faded into the background. Uh, also, that salvation that you, I was showing you guys this morning. So he makes some really cool stuff. Uh, you guys should check out his website. His whole list of stuff is there for keyboards. Thank you, pretty Alex. Bad, I appreciate. <laughs> Thank you, Alex, for the tier one. What switches are in my thermal? Um, what fuck? What switches are in my thermal? Snow Whites. Snow Whites. Uh, but yeah, Chase, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Reagan, how about you? And then we'll taking a drink. <laughs> I'm doing great. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. No worries, man. Um, considering how many times I've talked to him, I've never seen his face. Yes, the mist, the allure that is Wilbur.tech. Wilbur looks so much cooler than I ever imagined. Yeah. Oh, Damn, I thought Wilbur would be oh, older. He looks kind of like he looks kind of like twenty. Oh, that's very that's very that's very nice. Someone Jen, asked why so isn't Wilbur upside down? <laughs> <laughs> should I, I should have done that. That would have been way funnier, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Missed fucking opportunity. Oh well. He's counterclockwise. <laughs> yeah. I can still kind of do already. it. Stash fight. Oh my god. So. Oh, uh, must have. You can't compete with Alex's stash. Come on. Oh. I mean, this is just weak. Oh. Salt and pepper mess that I've got. Alex, maybe set up a Discord mute button for when you're calling out subs. Oh, no, it's okay. I don't... I mean, it's part of the thing there. And Gene, thank you so much for three months of advanced tier one. I appreciate you. So, Wilba, keyboards. You've done a lot. Where'd you get your start in keyboards? Where'd I get my start? Uh, I started with a... Bilco TKL, a very long time ago, uh, with MX Browns. That was oh, my first keyboard. MX got into it. And Yeah, uh, I thought, well, I mean, the options at the time were like, like blues and browns for those boards, I think, so I just went with browns. Yeah. Uh, and then that just got me interested in doing my own, because I guess I've always been interested in doing PCBs for, I, I did stuff for uh, MIDI controllers and MIDI controlled synths around that time. So I was already making PCBs back then. And then I got into doing PCBs for keyboards by starting with the Plank PCB. The original Plank PCB was mine. Uh, and that led me to making a 60% PCB with Zeal, or the Zeal 60. And that was technically my first real custom was putting that in a 60% tray case. Oh, cool. Uh, and then 
that just led me to doing more work with other people like Ramaworks, with uh, Keycold, Zambamon, Ion Keyboards, and so forth. So that, that was the start, I guess. My start was yeah, doing 60%. Would you say that's still your favorite layout? It is. It is? Yeah. I mean, it, I alternate between 60% and like an HHKB or a full 60% and a 65%. I don't really like the, the size of a TKL. Kind of, it's just too big for me. Too big on my desk, I guess. That's I really like having more space for mouse and I don't really need more than a 60%, I guess. I'm not really using function keys very often. I'm not really using even arrow keys very often. I'm, I'm quite happy to use HHKB arrows. Yeah. So that's what I do. Yeah. We have some questions because I asked everyone if they had questions. Uh, how did Wilba get working Always for questions. Rama? Um, I was in uh, a Discord. Uh, let me think. Which Discord? I was probably in MechKey's Discord. And I was talking to people there, and I, I, I said, you know, I designed the Zeal six, the Zeal sixty PCB, and they didn't believe me. And then I showed them a picture of the logo on the PCB and said, yeah, see my logo. Uh, and then an Aussie that was there pulled me into the Aussie Discord and introduced me to Rama. I, I knew about Rama before, like I'd seen the M sixty five A, and and I'd seen that before. I think you'd even done the Exent at that point. So then I just started talking to Rama, and then I because we both live in Melbourne, I went and visited him at his place and we had a good chat and then yeah, started working together. The the M6A macro pad first and then we did the M60A and then we just kept doing stuff together. So that's how I met Rama. It's been really good to meet people, sorry, meet people, um, you know, in real life. Like hanging out with him was has been fun. Being able to chat to him about keyboards and stuff. Like so much of being in Australia means you don't really. I mean, there's there's plenty of people in the hobby in Australia, but I mean, most of the people making stuff uh, overseas. So it's been really fun to work with with Rama and Kate in person yeah. and see things being made and go around to their house and yeah. see prototypes and yeah, that's a, that's a that's lot of fun. that's the one thing that I think we're all well. I don't know if it's gotten better in Australia or, I mean, like, I assume it's pretty good, the COVID situation right now. Yeah, we're pretty good now, um, down to zero cases in my state, or at least last time I looked, I guess. Yeah. We we have to wear masks and we're, we're inside shops, but and I think there's still some limits on gatherings, but, you know, we're pretty, pretty much, you know, it's not back to normal, obviously. Yeah. But But it's manageable now. That's the thing. So, that's the thing for us. Like, I would love to go, because when I started the hobby, and I think I can speak for Reagan and Chase too. We started before, like, before COVID, but we didn't really get into it until after COVID started. Uh, and I think me and Reagan are the only two in this, besides Chase, who went for a meet, like a, a meetup near the beginning. So we haven't really had the opportunity. Mm. Maybe Reagan has more so lately, uh, but we, me and Chase, I don't think have had the opportunity to go to any big meetups mm -hmm. or anything like that quite yet which has been yeah, kind of no, like yeah I, i've probably been to about four or five meetups oh, since i started like i started in 2015 so i probably went to one or one every year the melbourne one every year and then i've been to sydney ones a couple of times so maybe about six total. yeah 
Do you enjoy those? Melbourne and Sydney. Oh yeah, it's so great. It's I mean I love meetups because you get to meet the people that you've been chatting to online. You get to see their boards and and they get to try your boards. Oh, thank you, dude. Uh, and just to have a good, you know. There's so much in this hobby that you you can't buy everything to try it yourself. You can't afford it or it's just not available. So being able to to go to a meetup and then try other people's boards, their switches, just look at things. I mean, I'm terrible. I I'll be picking up people's keyboards and looking at the screws at the bottom and so <laughs> put together. <laughs> oh, they used M2 screws on this. Oh, what a tragedy I, kind of thing. Yeah. I really wonder what meetups are going to look like post COVID as far as like mess, like t- I'm, I like touching people's stuff and everything and being close to people and everything. I, I it'll be really interesting going back into that. Dude, I'm space well, yeah, because yeah. it's going to function. I was so laissez faire about things. Like I didn't even clean my keyboards up and beat up. It was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> like I think I should have wiped them down with, you know, stuff. I definitely would do that now, but yeah, I think so. It was pretty, pretty casual about things. I think I think uh, having people touch like keyboards, even if this is like a few months after everything's done, I'd still be very. I think that there'd be a cautious part of my brain that's like, don't do it. Don't let I think people every touch. Every table it. will have wipes. Yeah, yeah. like don't touch. Just wiping their hands before they touch anything. I'm like, gonna bring like a little disposable glove department right next to my keyboards <laughs> and have people like, if you want to touch it, grab, <laughs> yeah. grab yourself a disposable glove and throw that shit out afterwards. <laughs> um, question for Wilba. Uh, what are your biggest design influences and where do they come from? Hmm, question. I, well, if you looked at the thermal, I mean, that that, that influence for thermal was, uh, I mean, I've talked about this before. I wanted a brutalist architecture and, you know, vintage computers, like 80s micro, micro computers and things like that. Um, just wanted to get that kind of a, a vibe to it. But I can't really say for any of the other ones about design influences. It's just, I just muck around in CAD and see what works for me. It's, I wouldn't even call myself a keyboard designer. I don't think I am a designer. I think I'm more like I, I, I make keyboards that, that I would like, but I don't think what I'm doing is anything like the, the kind of industrial design that that say Rama does, um, it's more very functional than anything. Yeah. And and I, yeah. So I mean, I can't really say about influences in that respect. Um, <laughs> you can definitely see so that in other people. Well, <laughs> well, it's the truth. I mean, I can't I can't deny the fact that like I, I'm not coming from an in, industrial design background. I'm coming. I'm a software engineer by trade or I was I'm not doing that anymore but um, I'm a software engineer that dabbled in keyboards and PCB design and I think I'll, that I'm not the only one that should be I guess humble and just say we're just here to make keyboards that we enjoy and they're not we're trying to be some glorified industrial designer when we're not we're just making keyboards so hmm. sometimes you get lucky and you make something that other people like so that's what that's the way I perceive myself. I'm like lucky enough to have made something that resonated with other people. Yeah. Enough for them to want to spend four hundred bucks on it. So yeah. So did you open up CAD software and just start drawing and then make changes and then like, you know what, I'm just gonna change this. You went in with no kind of semi thought of what you wanted when you're designing specific boards and 
change as you go? Uh, what, for Thermal specifically? Yes, I kind of started off with a block, literally a rectangle. Um, and like I wanted to do a sandwich plate. So the, the, the original design for Thermal didn't have the fins and it wasn't as wide. It was just literally a sandwiched rectangle with a with a wedge on the bottom. And then it just, it led to experimenting with other things that I could do with that design. And, and, and then I did get the inspiration for the fins by say like vintage, vintage computers having those grills. Like, you know, you'd have grills on the, the back yep. of the keyboard to let the air out basically or to let air flow in um so i went with that idea and then the leaf spring design came a bit later it was actually just a sandwich plate at that well it is still a sandwich plate but i didn't put the leaf things in until like after i'd already done the, uh, the aesthetic design mm -hmm. and then i wanted at the time there was a, obviously a lot of people were critical of it, the integrated plate on the m60a and everybody was making plastic plates that were using palm plates and, and so forth. Um, and I wanted to see if I could get the same level of flexibility or like softness out of a metal plate. And that's what led me to doing the Lisping design for that. Yeah. Which does feel like um, I have it right in front of me. Um, I know I've talked about the thermal before, but the thermal definitely does feel bouncy. It's very soft. It's probably one of the most soft typing experiences i've ever had so i, I think you've definitely mm. set out what you've uh looked to accomplish um, yeah when i built the first thermal prototype i was so surprised about the feel it like it took me aback like it took me about a day of just going what the is anyone gonna actually like this it was just because it doesn't feel like a top mount and it doesn't feel like um a pcb mount it's just some some other place it comes from another place because of the flexibility hmm. even a polycarb half plate which i built before when i built the the i69 it doesn't feel like that either so and, and also it has a bit of a buzz to it like you'll have your fingers on the home mm -hmm, road i've noticed on. that too you slap the enter and then you can feel it in your left hand and it's just i don't know is anyone actually going to like this? And it took me a long time to just um, accept that other people would. I sent it to to Pona and to Zach at Keycolt and got their opinions, and and that they they really liked it too. So I went, okay, this is this is um, this is worth doing. Alex, oh, you can yeah. you can tell me from from what I've heard, it is a very unique typing experience on the thermal. Is that what you would say? Just really, I mean, yeah. Pr prior to that, like. When, when I think like soft boards or like even a bouncy board, like I'd even say the F18X for me was very, like the, the F18X has a lot of bounce and you can feel that. Like you can you can feel the the bounce to it. Like you can feel the, the vibrations come back to your fingers, but not, it's not in a bad way. Um, I think the other soft boards I've used, um, some of them had actually half plates uh, and they felt really good too. Cause it's really just the PCB in that case there. The new is another soft board, but the thermal definitely is very unique in that sense because it feels more like a bouncy trampoline almost, but again, not in a bad way. I'm just trying to trying to do, describe what it feels like. 
but yeah, definitely the softest board. Very, it's very unique in that sense. And if you have the opportunity to try one, I definitely urge you to try one. For sure. Well, I heard. I think I heard, one of the big, sorry, one of the uh, go big ahead. differences between this and other mounting systems, I guess, is it is more flexible on the outside of the the outer edge. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, most boards will be more flexible in the middle because they're, they're more like firm mounted on the edge. So that's more like the firmest part of the board is around the edge of the, the where where it's connected. And then it's probably a bit more softer in the middle, Yeah. especially if you're using a plastic plate or something, then it's going to be more flexible in the middle. But so with the leaf spring, it's sort of the opposite. If you're typing in the middle, the, the bottom mount is then distributed amongst all the leaf springs around the edge. And it's actually firmer in the middle than it is on the edge. Um, so that's kind of a little bit un unexpected, I guess, or different compared to other mount systems. And I mean, the same thing's happening with Salvation. You, you, the same kind of mount system, it's, it's springier on the edges. And so when you, when you hit spacebar, it's exactly a nice feel because it's, it's on the edge. Whereas like typing on the alphas, it's, it's a little bit firmer. <clears throat> Also, we have a question that's been asked two times. <clears throat> mm -hmm. What's your favorite switch, Wilba? People want to know. The people want to know hey, what your favorite switch is. We get asked this a lot. <laughs> is it Panoko? Is it my I well, look, I really like linears. I'm 100% behind linears. I'm not even going to try tactiles anymore. I'm <laughs> done with tactiles. Um, can I just do a top five? Yeah, go for it. I, 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 I barely I, get favorites. I really too. like... I mean, I really like black inks, uh, novel key creams, Pinocos, um, V1 tangerines. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's probably another one in there. That's pretty much all I really use at the moment. So V1 tangies are the ones with fifth. the cream tops. Am I correct on that? Yeah. It's a white top, black bottom, orange stem. Yeah. I think they were called V1.5. There was a round that I got from. I never had to try those. Uh, but yeah, I would be happy with even JWK, not even JWK <laughs> linears in whatever flavor. Of the week. Yeah, whatever colors are, are available that week. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy with them. Just lube them up and I'm, I'm happy. I'm not really that discerning of, uh, between the differences of, of the switches. Like, I don't mind a little bit of variation in sound or or feel i just know like i i put uh these tangerines in my salvation build and I just the sound on the fr4 plate is just amazing so i'm i'm i mean i've swapped i've got it here actually. i mean that's my that's my uh salvation in, in war oh. raw straight from Ooh. straight from the factory the salvin factory <laughs> salvin factory and i've got <laughs> I've got tangies in those, and I just really like the sound. Um, I've got Pinocchio's in a thermal. I'm gonna have to source some V1 tangies now. Oh yes, um, the yeah, the Pinocchio's were lucky find because I actually I had some and I gave them away, and then luckily the, my lube boy found some more. <laughs> he gave them to me. <laughs> I mean, all right, cool. So I've, that's why I've got another set of the original Pinocos with progressive springs. But I'm not sure if I really like the Pinocos just because of the progressive springs, or maybe it might I'd be. be. I I feel like even with the I don't know if you've tried the um, whatever. 
Oh my god, the marshmallows. That's the ones with the progressives is too. I found those were a little bit... Like, I, I preferred the marshmallows. I only ordered a small batch of those, and I wish I ordered more. I preferred marshmallows over something like the rest of the JWK switches I've, I've tried. And I love Duroc and JWK switches. I like the sound they produce, but they felt better for some reason with the progressive springs. And I've tried to replicate that. And I can sometimes with certain progressive springs, but... Yeah, they felt really good. And I really liked the Pinocchios too. I like yeah, those a it's, lot. I'm, I'm, I'm a, mm, I can hear the difference between different types of switches. And I think I would probably prefer Black Inks over JWK. And I've had a situation where I swapped out uh, in my thermal, I put um, JWK switches in there. And then I just didn't like the spacebar sound at all. And I actually put a Black Ink under the spacebar because I just couldn't handle the JWK. Yeah. Uh, switching that it's just really weird the thermal has this ability to kind of amplify switch sound a little bit you're going to hear more of the it's almost like a, a, it's going to amplify the high pitches a little bit because it's just it's just letting it vibrate a bit more so you may hear more of a difference between switches in a, in a leaf spring plate than not i guess so, yes, I have weird little preferences like that, I guess. Which I think is totally fair. And that's, like, another big thing in the hobby right now is this whole... At least I feel like, as the hobby's been growing, too, it's... We're, this is probably a, a larger conversation. Maybe maybe this will be a big topic. But me, personally, I've been finding... And I, I want to know your opinions on this, that with the growth of the hobby, I've been feeling like people's preference has been... How can I word this correctly? Give me one moment while I try to <laughs> formulate a sentence. In in uh, while I think about Take that, your time, Alex. someone asked you what's your favorite color of thermal, and you know maybe maybe while you do that, I can think. About oh, this favorite color, favorite color. Look, I, I got asked that yesterday. Oh, I mean, I really love the milk. Um, I have it on my desk. I have it here. I've well, you've seen. You can you can probably see yeah. Alex's milk. <laughs> I love the milk with with striker when i put that on i didn't take it off it's like it looks just too good but then i'm also the striker for right now and i don't i don't want to tease you guys but yeah that's my that's my other thermal build Oof, the red metaverse. is so nice it's, it's just what color the magic is that? red, is that a it's red. Color? huh that's the red it was part of us i guess round one or sequence one of it that's the round one mm. um i mean i had i mean that's that was my other build that's half it's being disassembled and swapped out. Oof, I just the ripped the guts out and ripped the guts out of this one and yeah. put it in the red one. Because that's for for like feels like a year. I just had metaverse on a black black and red thermal, and because that was the prototype that I had, I didn't even have a red one um, until they shipped. So when I got when they when they arrived, I went <laughs> a red one and a white one. I went, yep, this will do me. Have you guys got protos of the Thermal Plus yet? Yeah. They have, actually. I haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right on my desk here. Actually, um, Apiary Ooh. built one. Was it yesterday? Or was it two days ago? Uh, I missed it. I can't remember the yeah. day. Because my time, my sense of... I thought today was Saturday. All day today, actually. Huh. I'm like, no, oh, Olivia's not asking, work What's my favorite screw size? M3. I <laughs> love M3. <laughs> I was going to guess that, since you were talking down on, on M2s, M2s earlier. <laughs> I was like, surely it's M M three and not M. Well, it, it was more like uh, you're building a case and you just screw it together with 
like four M2s in the corners. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like what are we that. building? Like glasses? That's right. <laughs> M3. I, I've been using M3. I used to make um, synths out of uh, like, like acrylic cases out of yeah, you know, like laser cut acrylic boxes to, to house my stuff. And I would use M3 with threaded spaces. A bit like a sandwich. Uh, what do you call those? Like an acrylic keyboard. Yeah, yeah. Built now, except yeah. with sides. Not 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 a full stack, but you know, with side panels with you know interlocking things. You know, you've seen that. What Pinoco? You know, my my stuff's probably still on the Pinoco website as an example of how to make it an enclosure. Used to buy a lot of acrylic from from Pinoco. <laughs> A lot of people, you know what, guys? Here's the thing. Next time you guys, next time we do spicy takes and stuff, or if you ever have to like disagree with someone and tell them like a really spicy take, just tell them M2 screws are bad and M3 screws are the best. All right. Oh, no, I love M2 screws. You need M2 <laughs> screws to to do like um, oh, putting you know plates into top mount boards or like I use M2 screws for the hot swap spaces <laughs> and stuff. Oh, and and even salvation, like salvation couldn't work without M2 screws. Yeah. There's no M3s there. You can't do it. But as a yeah, M3. I'm M2 gang right now for the for the plastic boards. And it says, so, which yeah. one is Alex? There's a camera in the middle with no name. <laughs> Hi, Anne. I know you're joking because you put Keck W. Thank you. Um, actually, yes. I remember what I was going to say. Okay, so I've noticed recently, me personally, that as this hobby has been growing, I'm thinking um, personal preferences have been kind of skewed into almost kind of like a fact or something that people can argue against with other people. Um, how have you guys been all feeling about that recently? Just personal preference being pushed on to other people as not even an opinion or a, a preference, being more of like a fact. Yeah, and somebody chat said echo chamber. Yeah, there's definitely yeah, like a yeah. like a a herd mentality sometimes when it comes to the like if somebody says if if somebody with a lot of influence says this is like the best switch out there, all of a sudden everybody says it's the best switch whether they've tried it or not. And even if they have tried it, then all of a sudden that's just yeah, I don't know. It, it's kind of a weird Yeah, cuz I feel like it's almost really discouraging it discourages people from trying new things and finding other new things today. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's been, that's why I've been talking more and more about it personally recently. Uh, I don't know. What do you, what does Wilba and Reagan think? I don't know. I think herd mentality is in, in every sort of hobby. Like people look to people with more experience and make purchases based on that. That's, I, think, I think I think that's a responsible thing to do for sure. Like look at people with more experience and base something off of it. I think the the part where it becomes like more irresponsible is when that person is just giving facts based on what they prefer. Um, I think if it's like a very clear cut thing, for example, hey, this keyboard has bad threads. I don't know, I'm making something up. This keyboard has bad threads and we can't get the screw in and they keep falling out. Like, maybe we should avoid this until this is fixed. Like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. But if it's like, oh, hey, I didn't really necessarily like the sound of this. It's a crappy keyboard. 
I mean, things like that, where, so where sound is so different to so many people. I feel like that's kind of the thing. Like, like you were saying before too, um, Chase, where it's like the best switch. You know mm -hmm. what the best switch is? People like mm -hmm. to regurgitate okay. information, perhaps. Yeah. Go on, Wilbur. Sorry. I think we're in a situation now where um, you know people uh, they're, they're considering buying a keyboard, and this is why you know designers send their keyboards to, to streamers to, to show it off. And one of the big things that people are looking for is a sound test. And yet, everyone everyone's sound test is going to sound different depending on the switches they use and, yeah. and other mount systems and so forth. And there's too much dependence on that. Yeah. I guess like, or more like everybody's having a different opinion of the same sound test. Someone will say, oh, that sounds great. And other people will say, oh, pingy. And it's just like, well, how can, how can there be such variance in people's opinions for exactly the same sound? Uh, so, I mean, this is why some people have been saying for a while now, there's a bit of a meme going through that all sound tests are bullshit. If you think that you're going to get a, a feel with Holly Pandas to sound like Teha's classic one, you're never going to get there. And even like, even now, like I heard Marcia build the, the Thermal Plus yesterday, what she was hearing or what I could hear through her setup was different to the one in front of me. Um, they could be just, you know, maybe she didn't tighten the screws a little bit or something, but it's subtle differences in how you put something together is going to affect the sound, yeah. the way you lube the switches, you know, maybe if you, like on mine anyway, thermal, if you pinch the, the, the doorboard cable, you're going to get a complete different sound. It's just, it's so many variables. Microphone. And on, on top, yeah. And on yeah. top of that, having people in chat say, oh, that, that sounds good. That sounds bad. It's so confusing for someone coming into the hobby now to know what, yeah, what's what good. is good. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the live and, I mean, good, like of a video. Well, for me, what sounds good for me, I think, is... I mean, I don't even know what how you describe... What does clack and thock mean? I, I have no reference <laughs> to know what they mean. And people yeah, are saying, oh, yeah. this is clacky and this is stocky and like... That's why, that's pingy. why, like, for me, we usually, have these words that describe yeah. things, and yet nobody's here. Give me a sound, oh, give me a, totally, like an objective yeah. sound test of what does thock sound like, what does click, clicky or clacky or uh, hmm. depressed. Chris, thank you for down the, to the audio, audio I, file. Level I, I think, I think for point. me, too, what I usually do, too, is like what I describe as thocky, and I've mentioned this a few times during streams. I probably should do a better job. This is the one thing I, I, I should do going forward. is, is I find for thock for me, when we describe that, I usually tend to think the lower end, bassier, something like that. While clack is a higher pitch sound. Um, but then there's there's a lot of like nuances, and this is the part too for anyone. And I know Ninja Pirates in the chat too, and he knows. Um, in audio, there's just so many. Like if you guys have ever dived into the audio hobby. There are words being thrown around to describe sounds that I've never heard before in my entire life. Like, yeah. it is so crazy what people describe sound as. And What's I it? honestly feel like it's kind of the same thing with with the keyboards more recently. Mm -hmm. Like, it just does. Like, these words are just like, none of them make sense. I just now, oh, I, yeah, but I'm go on, sorry, what? Yeah, I'm stuck in that situation now. Like someone said, "Oh, can you describe what the salvation sounds like?" I was like, yeah. 
with words? With words. I mean, how do I do that? I, okay, it sounds different. I've I've been describing it now, like I built I've I've built it with the FR4 plate, and I say it sounds woody. I guess <laughs> like it has a nice tone to it. It sounds but... earthy. The description on the product page, woody, woody, woody. Yeah. <laughs> you but it. Yeah. But I mean, that's this is one of the biggest things in keyboards that that people are caring about, and what there's such a variance in preference and yet we don't even have the language to describe it we don't have almost like like references like if 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 we had an ability to just put every single keyboard under exactly the same test conditions and compare them that would be great then actually we could analyze these things we could find out what the majority of people like whether they like woody or they like socky or clacky or whatever yeah but we don't do it we're all relying on everybody's completely different setups and comments from the peanut gallery saying, oh, that sounds like it's pingy. Mm, that spacebar is goat. It's like, you're not helping me here. I'm trying to make a <laughs> keyboard that people will like. And you're all, you're all telling me different answers and have completely different preferences. So. Everything matters. It's like, what yeah. kind of wood grain is your desk? How much do you spend on yeah. your microphone? Perfect. How big's your room? Let me tell you something with Salvation, the first first prototype of Salvation, I, it had some resonance in the case. But I didn't notice it until I put feet on it. Because when I had the, the case directly on the desk mat, there was there was no resonance at all. But then when you put feet on it and it's raised up, mm. the bottom of the case allows for that resonance to come out. It's like it's not muted. Mm. So this is a yeah. thing. I, this, yeah. My theory is a lot. Why a lot of people are putting foam in tray cases is not so much to just fill the gap, like fill a cavity, because there's really only what three millimeters of cavity under there. I think it's actually more to to, to wedge the PCB against the bottom of the case to stop that resonance from happening. The mm. same way that putting it flat on a desk mat will yeah. stop the resonance. Just yeah. cancels out the vibration. Um, and I, I mean, I came to the kind of this thought. I'm not even sure if it's true or not because I don't build a lot of tray cases anyway. But I hadn't heard that before. Anyone saying this is why we put foam in tray cases is to sort of tighten everything up and stop it from resonating. I always thought it was people actually heard the cavity sound or some kind of echoing, and that's why they were doing it. So there's so much that we don't know about. Uh, what contribute we know all the factors in a keyboard going towards how it sounds and feels but i don't think we've really fully understood it like the, yeah the, i i think people designing keyboards either we're all pretty much bumbling around the dark and experimenting <laughs> until we find something good and tweaking things a little bit like there's no you know, keyboard acoustics 101 class at, no, at, at yeah. college. And, and that's why I think it's so important so, that, at least this is my thoughts, that people, like, yeah, there's stuff, again, that we can listen to people who have influenced platforms, stuff like that. You can listen to your friends, listen to discords. At the end of the day, like, take that information, um, do what you want with it, make a decision with that information, but know that that information is still based on a tons of tons of things in this hobby that are very subjective. Even, I don't think we can mm. even do a good job, like as people who stream keyboards, of describing to you guys, like how do we 
demo the typing feel like how do i describe mm -hmm. this well enough to tell you guys that yeah this is it feels good it feels good like this is the one of the better feeling keyboards i've i've tried in a while other than saying that i can't really describe it like it's it's a feel thing and i can try to describe it as best as i can but that feel might be something different in different words just like the audio hobby is um for you guys and that's why i've been thinking more recently while it's fun to build all these things and give impressions and reviews and stuff i think that's meant more for the things that can be on a objective level like quality how well was the case anodized or cerakoted um you know the packaging stuff like that when it comes to all this other stuff here i can show you guys a sound test and if that doesn't suit your fancy know that my microphone records things differently from Reagan's microphone, from Chase's microphone, from Wilba's microphone. If my microphone suddenly picks up something that's more bassy and that transfers over to you guys, and you also have headphones that amplify bass, or if the next person has headphones that actually have no bass, you're not hearing the same thing as the next person. One of you's hearing thock and the other one's hearing clack. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> or a woody sound. But, you know, <laughs> um, but th that's why I've been thinking more recently, like, you know, are, are sound tests very important? And I think it's fun to hear them for sure. You get that ASMR factor of clicking keys. Um, but one thing people also fail to realize too is even my typing speed versus the next person's typing speed changes the way that you interpret the sound like there's like an art to how fast you type oh, for sure yeah to, to like for that speed and too. a force yeah like i exactly, mean I, yeah. i'm a very heavy typer i slam yeah. keys really hard yeah i had somebody um, ask me like a couple weeks ago uh if i bottomed out when i type like most of the time if when i'm typing do my fingers bottom out the switches and i was like no i've really never thought like do i they're like because i never i they're like i never bottom out when i type so like their typing sounds so different than mine does, even on the same board in the same conditions. Yep. And I'm a pretty light typer. That's why I've been, like I was heavy in my thumbs. I think I'm heavy hitting the, uh, see this is the thing I don't even know anymore because my, even my typing style has been changing and even the angle of the keyboard makes my typing style, style change. And there's so much, I'm gonna use the word nuances. I think that's the best word I can think of that goes into what we describe. Um, that's that's why it's just it's so different and i kind of want everyone to experience something i know that's not possible because people have different financial situations they might not want two or three keyboards but that's why i think things like hot like buying a hot swap keyboard might be very fun or important to people who maybe can try a whole bunch of different switches and get a preference from there uh, so there's a lot of stuff and, and i just i think one of the things taking from this too uh, is, you know, even describing like the thermal, for example, it's, it's literally impossible for me to describe this for your fingers and ears. So I think that's one of the big things. One of the big yeah, things like, going forward. I would, I would compare coming like up with the COVID. food. Sorry. Like, how do you describe food to people? Like if you had a Twitch channel where you're like eating a random type of food and you're like, yeah, it tastes good. Well, and that's a good point too, because as people know in chat, I fucking hate soup. Um, soup's just flavored water. Uh, so, I mean, like, who am I to give criticisms on soup? Reagan, did you just spit all your water? <laughs> so, 
Oh. <laughs> flavored water. Okay, first of all, I'm going to argue that. I don't want to talk water. about this right now, dude. <laughs> okay, call other foods flavored solids. Like, what do you mean? It's flavored water. Stop. <laughs> um, how's the thermal? The thermal's great. I really like the thermal. Uh, he just spit out his soup. Yeah, pretty much, dude. Um, so another question for Elba too was, I saw it before and I, it's been a while and I just remembered it, was the, what it was your inspiration behind the Salvation? Uh, inspiration was, Salvin wanted to make a tray case and <laughs> tray cases typically don't feel or sound as good as two-part cases or cases that are plate mounted. Um, that, no, no disrespect to people making tray cases. Like, I mean, I work <clears> with mechanist and he makes beautiful tray cases, but even I would prefer not to have the feel of the PCBs screwed into the, the case the way that they are. It's just too, too uh, firm, I guess. So that was the inspiration. Make a tray case for Selva to make, um, but make it feel and sound better. And so that led me to thinking about how to do a leaf spring mount in a tray. Um, and the original idea was I was actually going to cut out the leaf springs out of the base of the, the, the uh, keyboard, but it was just too too messy. So then I moved to the idea of using like the the strips, the FR4 strips. Um, but yeah, that was the inspiration. It wasn't so much um, like the the aesthetics of it is nothing special in my opinion. It's very similar to to thermal. It's got the it's actually got the same kind of cuts on the side as mm -hmm. the thermal plus and thermal. It's very it's simple chamfers and so forth. It was more about an experiment in making a tray case feel and sound better. And I think I got to that point. I've got independent verification of that based on Marcy's opinion. So I will build mine okay. Tuesday. We'll and Selvin. Yeah, and so we'll and also you can be there. Hopefully you can you can hopefully yeah, agree and say, yep, yeah, this is better than tray cases that screw directly into the base. Um I'm excited to try it. Yeah. So I'm looking Yeah, and I think I'm the so much an inspiration but a, a flow on effect of that idea is to bring back the kind of vibe that that i was experiencing back in 2015 when i got into the hobby when 60 percent were something that a lot of people got in that was their first entry into the the hobby was getting a tray case and something like a gh60 or a satan 60 or something like that um and being able to experiment with you know multiple builds um i mean you didn't really have much variation in terms of uh like controlling the flex or anything but you definitely was able to you know have a couple of pcbs you could build it plateless you could build it with different plates try different switches really easily so it's kind of a uh what would you call it like yeah, you know, a revisiting of that time. I'm hoping that people will, will enjoy it the same way that I enjoyed mucking around with with a tray case. Yeah. At, at, you know, in 2015. I hope so too. I'm really excited to do it. Uh, I think it's going to be a very 
first of all, I think it's gonna be pretty and I think it's gonna be interesting. I think even the inside aesthetic too, I know you can't see it once you put it together, but it's very it's very cool to see all those those cuts on the inside. Mm. Uh, we had some other questions as well. If Wilbur isn't using a Wilbur keyboard, what does he use? Question, have a look over here. Um, <laughs> Let's look into I the have gallery. a number 265. Oh. What do you mean in terms of keyboards I didn't design? Uh, I my, think maybe what you have on my rotation. collection. In my rotation. Well, that's the thing. I've been using thermal for the longest time, rotating the in the, the number 165. And I have an EXT65 that I use as well. I have an I69. Um, and what else have we got on the shelf there? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I don't really have that many keyboards. I don't have a vast collection. I have more keyboards of the same thing. I have, I guess, <laughs> lots of thermals. <laughs> it makes sense um, to you. Because I really, I wanted to get one of each color sort of thing. Keep, there you go. Keep it for posterity. Like yeah, I don't have a lot of keyboards either, but I have a lot of the same keyboard. <laughs> so I, I I'll probably do the same thing with Salvation. Might get one of each of those two a little more differently. Yeah. Uh, and I saw a lot of comments saying the this is a rad stream, wholesome content with smart people. Thank you very much. Um, love this Mo uh, Mode 80 I built last night was described as it pronounces a very sub-based spacebar thought, but in person it sounds not nearly as pronounced. Everything in person is going to be very, very different um, than what you guys hear on streams. Like I said, some microphones can pick up things uh, better than other things, right? Um, make tray, tray cases great again. I think... I think uh, like I've tried a few case, like case cases that are tray mount like trays, and I think like the mechanist ones are some of my favorite. I know Chase is actually the one that kind of recommended me trying that out, and I think those are really good too. I'm really excited to see the salvations. Um, another question is, where do you guys see the community and industry in three to four years? I think that's an interesting question. Uh, it kind of ties in like what, where do we see the keyboard hobby in the future? I'm really bad at future questions personally um, because I can only see problems or good things and I'll either want to amplify the good things or you know weed out the bad things uh where do I see it in three to four years I don't know like I I couldn't I don't know what do you what about you guys I don't know I, I'm bad at those type of questions uh I would not have I would not have been able to predict where I am now three or four years yeah ago. yeah so also I bad. <laughs> even even a year or two ago I don't think I could have predicted. Like I'm now doing this full time as this is my job now, making PCBs for people, making cases and running projects like that. And I didn't even think that was possible a year ago for me. So the growth in this hobby and the amount of people making stuff now has increased so much that it, it can support me full time. Um, and I think maybe if there's any prediction, I think it just, there'll be more opportunities for people to do that for others as well like there's going to be a lot more people making stuff because there's so much demand and when there's demand supply will will rise to meet it i guess or mm -hmm. it should i'm not an economist but yeah. i can see that happening now we've got a lot more people making uh well even just look at the the entry level plastic keyboards that are coming out now all come out within, within a span of six months we've got nk65 the Cara, the Portico, the Iki, it's, it's 
amazing what's happening um and i think it's just going to be that that trend will continue i think because um as the hobby grows the people interested in making things for the hobby will mm -hmm. also increase i think so we'll i think we'll um diversity and yeah. a lot more um uh, i mean i've been i've been hearing talk of people saying oh why why aren't we all going to in stock stuff oh yeah now? yeah or they're yeah. big enough now that we should have more more in stock products available um and i think yes with the hobby will grow to a point that that we will get a lot more stuff that is in stock but at the same time we're dealing with the situation that uh the model that exists now supports the community much better in some ways because it lets people be a little bit daring in what they produce because yeah. the demand will influence how many you make i guess it supports the vendors with the idea a lot supports the vendors in terms of cash flow definitely but i mean it, it also gives them the opportunity to they can make a prototype and then put it out there and see how many people want it rather than risk buying you know the two thousand boards or something and then it doesn't sell like that's that's a much higher risk than just like running a pre-order and if you get 500 or you get a thousand you just make that many cases like that's such an ideal situation for vendors so i can't see them wanting to change from that model when the, the, there's not much benefit other than keeping people happy the people that want to buy buy now and just check out instantly so i think that certain items should be in stock and certain items should be group buys and for vendor's sake we can't get rid of group buys but there are a ton of items that we can move to the in stock mm. category like i feel as though there should be a ton of things that are entry level that are in stock so mm. you're starting to see that more and more like yeah, you're saying we're starting to see that more for sure with like the nk65 for example and then even the yeah. i mean like the icky is doing really well i think um i think all the entry level stuff is is a great way to sub like supplement that part of the community who needs or wants a project um to start off with because the way i see it too is like the audio hobby which is far past what the keyboard hobby is um in terms of how mainstream audio gear is and there's even if you go to like any best buy Obviously, you'll have the gamer keyboards, but you're also going to have like a high level of like audio and differences with audio. So what I mean by that is you can go out and buy like a $300 pair of headphones. But if you want something boutique, there's tons of boutique vendors that have tons of different audio gear. Um, and I feel like we'll, we'll maybe get to that point where that keyboard hobby um, might reach something like a retail vendor that has in-stock items that will be... Um, produced maybe by people like Logitech, Corsair, etc. Or maybe a different vendor in the future. Who knows? And you'll be able to take one of those things home with you, tune it to your likings. You can already kind of do that if you know what you're doing now. Uh, but maybe something a bit more quality. And then there's going to be that boutique set of the hobby, which I don't want to call anyone in the hobby boutique because I don't know if, who likes that word, who doesn't. But I guess that more enthusiast-grade side of the hobby, which would be us, maybe. Boutique is like it's like the right way to explain yeah. it like small run yeah uh, higher end yeah. things like everyone likes boutique stuff i saw an interesting comment today too where people were talking about a board that ran like 15 units or something and and um you know how people really like their exclusive items 
and they like having something that's run in small batches. So there's people who like that side of things too, the collectors. So I think there's always going to be a market for everyone. It's just going to be more markets for more people in the future. Yeah. The long-winded answer to that question from our perspectives. Um, someone was actually asking if you can explain how leaf spring works because they couldn't wrap their, their heads around it. Wilba. How leaf spring works. Oh, it's a spring. Um... <laughs> Done. There you go. There's a plate. So this thin strip here... Is, is mounted to the PCB. Oh, sorry, not PCB. It's mounted to the inner part of the plate. So the inner part of the plate can flex relative to the outside. Oh, I okay. guess I can show you that way. Not really showing. Yeah, no, it we well. saw, I think we saw it. But because, but I mean, if you've seen, um, I mean, they used to use that on on car suspension as well. You would have a like a whole bunch of strips of metal. Um, that would allow, allow the thing to, I mean, the axle to, to be springy, I guess. Yeah. So, so the idea there is that by by having a uh, spring between the, the PCB plate area and the rest of the case, you're going to allow the flexibility there to absorb the the shock of bottoming out, the vibrations of bottoming out, and so it'll be a softer feel, a bit like. A trampoline. I know it's been described as a trampoline. Yeah, trampoline, yeah. Kind of. Uh, and I did have an inspiration from from a, a spring free. Well, it's called a spring free trampoline, but it, that, it's basically a, a trampoline that has a whole lot of um, rods around the outside that provide the spring force rather than coiled springs. Yeah. Uh, same kind of idea there. So by having the springs on the outside, not the whole um, inner part of the plate can move separately so there'll be less vibrations transferring into the rest of the case because they'll sort of be absorbed or resonate internally rather than carrying through that was the idea i had and it kind of worked i guess so there you go um, someone asked the question there seems to be a rise of entry-level bundles domestically in the u.s both from small manufacturers as well as companies with better um, economies of scale um glorious gmmk pro do you feel like this will increase the interest and subsequently sales orders of group buys in the future, or do you think customers are merely interested in an easy button and never progress further? I personally think, and I'll let everyone into this, uh, obviously, but for me, the way I look at it is if someone was never going to buy a keyboard and they buy that, they were still never going to buy your keyboard. Um, if they never had an intention to spend $350 on X keyboard, then they would never would have progressed further in the first place um, i think it's a different customer yeah i, I also think I, well okay sorry Go sorry Wilbur. i also think that a lot of the times too people see these big group buys maybe from other vendors or even if they see a keyboard that's on i don't know even what's that other website you buy things not kickstarter is it kickstarter is that what i'm thinking of kickstarter any, any of those like group funding things oh indiegogo Indi indiegogo stuff like that People see those as sometimes threatening for some reason. Um, I think a lot of the times too, like if if someone now buys an entry-level keyboard, you think of it like this. Let's pretend those customers never existed in the first place. They were never going to give X vendor and the keyboard hobby money ever in the first place. 
if now someone buys, if like, I don't know, 50 bajillion GMMK Pros sale, uh, sell, or 100,000 of these Indiegogo projects sell. Um, if now someone says, boy, this hobby was really fun, and if a few percent of those people now transfer into an enthusiast level stuff, those people were never there to begin with. And that just means that we're now getting more people into a hobby, which doesn't necessarily increase demand. It just means more people will buy things and it could produce more people who are into the content. Cause you have to remember too, some of those people who are now moving into this enthusiast world could also be people who design things. They could also mm -hmm. be someone who has like a vision for a new product. So you're not only bringing consumers, you might be bringing in people who can design things, people who can provide things for the community and stuff like that too. Yeah, I feel like you're probably bringing in every type of person that the community currently has. Um, like I, for one, started off with uh, like a ducky keyboard with browns. Like that that was it. I didn't. I did zero research. I went on YouTube. It was the first video. I got it, and I'm an example of someone who went from ducky keyboard to like enthusiast, enjoying higher end keyboards and gmk caps to like a vendor in the community so that's actually a prime example of how that transition happens what do you think wilba yeah i agree with you alex um i mean even just like i mentioned my entry into it i bought a fill code first and then i was you know interested in getting something else something better uh that now all we're doing is replacing the the i guess the pre fabricated or well, maybe the the larger manufacturers like people might have been buying leopolds or or you know a filco or something like that now they're choosing to get something that's coming more from the community i guess like an entry like a 65 or a, or a car or a portico they're the same kind of customers i guess and they're they're still going to be the ones that take it to the next level um and, and go more custom or get something a metal based keyboard or or a high you know higher end one or go into a keycold raffle or something like that mm -hmm. um those products exist to make it easier for people to experience the mechanical keyboard community i guess or to be part of it mm -hmm. to be able to choose switches and and lube their stabs and and have fun with keyboards without spending a lot of money um, which is great. I mean, I'm all for that because it's a big ask to, you know, for someone to go straight to a $400 plus custom having had no experience because they're not even sure what they want at that point. I wonder how many people are doing meetups. Like, yeah, it's well, I mean, I know for the no fact... keyboard to like a thermal mm. that they've waited, you know, six You'd plus be surprised actually. You would be very surprised. Yeah. Be very surprised. Like a solder board from get, nothing. Yeah, yeah, you'd be surprised. You, you yeah. get you get a lot of people that are willing to take that leap and they have enough you know, disposable income to, to do it and it's not that big a deal for them, I guess. Um whereas, you know, other people prefer to just take take you know, dip their toes in with something a little bit cheaper. So if it's not what they want, they can you know, they haven't lost too much. Like here's a here's a good question yeah. for chat actually. What was your very first, not including Corsair or any Logitech stuff, keyboard? Um, because I think everyone at one point probably had a lot. Like I think I don't even remember the model names of the Logitech junk that I went through. Not junk, but you know what I mean. Crap. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Another word. Um, Logitech keyboards that I went through. 
Heavy six? Like that's a wait, my first leave was a heavy six? Isn't that really expensive? Isn't that one of the Norbauer cases? That was mine too. Yeah, that's the yeah. one uh that you have, Alex. Yeah, yeah. My first one was it was the tofu uh, not tofu, it was the ducky to the heavy six that I didn't build. I just sent it to Alex. It stayed in the package. And then uh the M sixty five A was my first ever nice board. Like a lot of tofus, M sixty A, yeah. I mean like that was other than a tofu, that was like, my next step up. I mean, like, mine was a tofu as well, which still isn't... Tofus aren't... Like, I don't know why everyone thinks tofu's, like, this this grand budget board. They're really not once you buy all the parts. Tofus are nice. Like, they're they're cool, man. You gotta respect the tofu. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're... They feel... I mean, like, I always like tofus. KBD-8X Mark II. Uh, so the, uh, the gear man went from a GMMK to an Austin, which is also a pretty pricey board. Hmm. Um, Corsair Control to Duck Eagle. Okay. Corsair to Ducky to KBD-8X to Matrix 1.2 OG. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, and it's crazy, too, because this is kind of where now I want to go with this is I also don't want people to, like, I've seen this conversation be brought up a while, too, or not not a while, but, like, I've seen this be brought up sometimes. Um, sometimes I've found people tend to go, well, you shouldn't buy X keyboard as your first keyboard. And I'm always like, if they want to buy it, let them buy mm. it, you know? Mm. Obviously, like, I'm still a firm believer of, like, I, I do think that if you want to find your taste and preference, it's probably easier, in my opinion, that I've had the experience to pick up something smaller that's hot swap. You can find your Switch first. Um, but if someone's mm. like, I really want to go buy a Key Cult, or I really want to go buy a Matrix or whatever is really expensive on Mecha Market, I can't stop you from doing so. Um, but if you want to, I mean, like, what's wrong? yeah, if you go but for what's it. What's wrong with that? Yeah. I mean, if you really, if, yeah. if that's something that you're drawn towards, you really like yeah, the go aesthetic for it. or the, yeah. the, why not? And you have the money, why not? I yep. mean, I don't think there should be any rule that says your first keyboard nope. has to exactly. be under a certain price point or of a certain type or a certain amount or a certain material. Yep, uh, exactly. Yeah, and the same thing. I mean, I I hope that like the things that I make, if if someone is buying a thermal as their first major keyboard, like as an upgrade from a Corsair or whatever, I, like I I totally appreciate that interest because they're choosing it based on an overall look and not really focusing on sound or feel or anything like that they're just going straight for the fact that they like the look of the board and they want it on their desk so it, and it's flattering in a way to to have that and that's why i try that's why i'm always offering hot swap on well i try to offer hot swap a lot of the time to support that that entry level i guess not entry level but like that newcomer to the hobby yep. to not gatekeep them out because they don't have a soldering iron that's so, the, that's the biggest thing that I've seen too. Because I've had a few people message me and go like, "Hey, I bought this keyboard, installed this switch in it. Don't really want to spend X amount of dollars on desoldering it. Can you help me out?" I think I think that'd be the only other like if I had to say like, well, for anyone who's unsure about what parts they want to put in, yeah, maybe like a switch tester or just you know playing around with some cheapy hot swap board or if you want to pick up a nice hot swap board. I think that's usually kind of my, my recommendation there, but no one's stopping anyone from, from buying a $900 keyboard or a $400 keyboard or spending 50 bucks on a keyboard. Um, yeah, I think it would be based on price. price like, I yeah. mean, more anything, 
you know the the risk of you you spend a lot of money on something and then you you find out you're not really enjoying it or it wasn't worth the money for for a newcomer i guess that's the only consideration i'd say like but then if their first experience is a say not no disrespect to the plastic keyboards but if that's their first keyboard and they don't enjoy it because it's not too different to the plastic corsair that they had before then you know that's that's also an issue like they may be seeking that i guess the the, the luxury element of having a metal keyboard as well mm. so steering people towards buying a plastic keyboard first is probably not not always the right idea yeah yeah totally they want um, something a bit more more luxury yeah milk pumba asks why no solder pcb option for thermal round two wilba mm hmm because you don't need it it's an hhkb only layer so there you go it's nothing to be gained there you go didn't think it was needed because if you put two backspace on a on an hhkb you're real bad and it's very sad so spy guy's asking is spending 400 dollars on a kbd five degree dumb i have a question spy guy and again if your total sum of parts is four hundred dollars but if this is i just i don't how did you get to that number is i guess the like what does that number mean like what's the company is that just for the case you're spending four hundred dollars for it um but if you mean putting the amount of parts into it like if you bought switches retail and all this stuff and it comes up to 400 usd no it's not dumb mm. um, but if you're buying the case for four hundred dollars off someone it's, yeah you're getting ripped off total parts right. yeah i mean i don't i don't think that's dumb I don't think yeah, that's dumb about at all. normal. Yeah. I mean, it, all in. I mean, like you were saying earlier, to call a, a tofu a starter board, you're still talking like yeah. all in. You're still talking three hundred fifty yep. plus dollars. Yep. Um, people people see these like entry level prices like oh one hundred and thirty dollars sweet and then and then chat then you have to spend fifty bucks sixty bucks on switches so now you're back up to one hundred ninety. Then you have to spend another, if you're buying a GMK set, ooh, you have to spend, first of all, you're waiting a year, and then you're also spending an extra 150 bucks on that. So now your $200 keyboard now went up to 350. Pricing. Don't forget stabilizers, that's another 20 US dollars. Oh, and then all the shipping on every single one of those items from different vendors, now you're up to $600. Yeah, or you can go get keycaps immediately from Mech Market for, you know, $300. Well, I'm just talking if you want to go the retail route, you know. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And then a cable. I mean, it just adds. Oh yeah, you have to have the cord <laughs> cable, dude. That, mm. that that adds five FPS or something. Five yes. types word per minute. The keycaps are the bottleneck of the hobby. I think there's going to be a lot of, like, we're even seeing that geek arc stuff now. So we'll see how that turns out. But I don't know about the the, the keyboards, the keycap side of things. I don't know if there's a solution at the moment other than i think that's just another area where more innovation and uh other players coming into the scene would be uh yeah interesting. i i don't know a good solution for that unfortunately I, I don't really have a comment on that because i don't i don't look too much in the keycap side of the world unfortunately um usually if you get one or two sets and you have them and you're already in the hobby you can kind of just alternate um yeah, there's always an alternative that's available. Keycap buys are unlimited. Yeah, I mean, there's that too. I think it's just the waiting aspect for some people, Lightning. But for one thing that I can say, honestly, one of my first keycap sets was an EPBT set that I got off um, KBD fans, and I still have it, and it's still really wonderful, and it shipped to me in about a week. 
Nothing uh, wrong with EPBT or no. PBT. Yeah. You know, the only thing I, I have a question. I will robot. say that I don't support one second is don't buy don't buy fakes, guys. Don't buy that shit off. Don't Alley buy Express. fakes. All right, there you go. Don't buy fakes. Wilba, have you ever yes. designed, uh, consulted on design for keycap set or touched any of that at all? Um, I remember being in chats with with Apiary during during her design for a while. I did I did suggest a few things to her, but not the symbolism, really, right? Really like been. the the iconology, the no, no, no. Just talking about colors and and inspirations and things like that. I may have mentioned the word noir at the time, so maybe <laughs> I got to leave it. <laughs> but yeah, not really. I mean, I did help uh, Ramaworks with the heavy industry, uh, and I'm I need also to get sort that. of help sort of helping them with the cake profile. Like, I mean, I gave my my suggestions for legends and so forth, but not not directly involved in keycap production no have you ever considered i guess there is controversy in recent weeks of even designers themselves keycap designers not referring to themselves as true designers but uh have you ever considered picking a colorway to put on keycap sets like sitting down and spending <laughs> some time on this uh, i mean i've considered it but i think it was mainly for the lulls like to be able to say i've done a bit of everything going oh yeah i've designed keyboards i've designed pcs oh, yeah. and i've done it and i've done it all look at me cap. and now i'll just yep yeah, add add um add key set to to the equation but not really i think i think in this i i kind of like being in like doing the things that i'm good at and leaving the things that i'm not good at to other people who do it much better than me so well, it's not so, I mean, I've. Uh, hmm? You you get good at it obviously with time. So like you you got good at, at PCB design. Uh, oh, true. Yeah, I mean, but, I mean, in my opinion, to be a good keyset designer, would I wouldn't call it keyset designer, but to to produce a good keyset, you either have to be good at rendering or know someone who's good at rendering and, and use their expertise in rendering so that you can present the product the best um and i guess also be good at, at kidding and so forth i mean i would be relying too much on other people to really say that I, i'm contributing anything other than picking the colors at that point so it kind of doesn't feel um yeah it's not really something i'm look i'll be fair picking the colors I, it's, it's not the hardest part. You asked me what colors I would pick. The most important part. Okay, so like, it yes, you can you can pay to have renders done That's based true. on the colors that you provide. But picking a design that you get behind and and seeing that to fruition and getting it rendered—that's mm. all part of it. Like, I would say that a lot of the the great designers in our community uh, double major in being able to design it, you know, or draw it out, design mm. it, render it you know maybe design a keyboard rendered on their own keyboard stuff like that but uh I, i'm mm. sure that there's a decent amount of designers that that don't know how to render that are just like picking colors and you don't need another one that's my point <laughs> so that would basically be my experience it'd be like oh yeah i like these colors and then i'd be telling Zamba one to do it and then <laughs> would do it his own way and i would have very little saying matters so yeah no not really something I'm into. I think there is something I would like to 
to do with uh, Salvin and Xamarin at some point, which we have a, an idea for. So I might help out on that. But yeah, like I said before, I'm much happier doing the things I'm good at and putting my time and effort into that uh, rather than dabble in in uh, yeah, kick, kick up design. There are already way too many people doing that far better than, than I could. That's understandable. Yes, Samblemon, we do. We do, remember? <laughs> uh, someone asked, aside from Apri, is there any other streamer going to be getting a Thermal Plus Proto? Uh, no. No, none. Um, oh, yes, there was only one, and it's Pepper. being passed around like, like a... Is that, there was, yeah, unfortunately, there was only one that, that was available for sending out, so... Marcia and and Alex have to share. We're sharing, guys. We're sharing. We're doing the best we can. Right? Not the most ideal situation, <laughs> but what can you do? The village bicycle board. Oh my goodness, Gringo. <laughs> um, Chase, did you want to ask the question to Mr. Wilba? Sure. All right, Wilba. So every week we ask the same question, uh, oh. which is right now within the community, within the uh, hobby, and everything. What is something that you like and something that you dislike? Mainly being, or, or another way to put it would be like, what's something that you see like a good direction we're heading in? Something that excites you about where the hobby is heading? And then on the opposite end, what's something that you're kind of not scared of, but is kind of uh, throwing up some signs that, you know, I guess do scare mm -hmm. you a little bit. Yeah, actually. The thing I like the most about the hobby now is the innovation the people coming up with new ideas and new ways of doing things and new designs of aesthetics and construction and all sorts of things i think that's really exciting i mean i've talked about this before how you know, geon works is doing the vanquish and, and salvation is a similar kind of idea um the fact that we you know independently came up with the same kind of idea is you know really interesting that we're all trying to make things uh better i guess or just explore different possibilities and it's just an exciting time in the hobby now because of that and especially now with you know, plastic keyboards being made and bringing new things to the, the entry level of the market and as well as stuff in the high end people are doing some really interesting stuff and regardless of cost as well for the people that don't mind spending over 700 dollars for a keyboard so all aspects that just the, the the novelty and the the innovation that's happening is really good um the thing i don't like about the community is that there's just certain people who are just ridiculously toxic and spoiling it for everyone uh, kind of brings me down to hear of you know stories of people saying you know nasty things to one another i don't think we really need that um, mm -hmm. I've, I've seen and I see it in Geekhack threads as well someone puts up an interest check and there's just the same people time and time again saying things that just aren't appropriate don't need to be said um, I really wish and, and it's it's sad because it affects the people that care the most about the community and are doing trying to do the best that they can for the community and to have their uh, 
they just feel demotivated and depressed by by the comments of a few and they constantly have to reinforce each other we're all reinforcing each other to say that you know just because there's a there's a, there's a couple of people that say bad things shouldn't stop you from continuing to do the best you can but yeah but that's always been the case it's been around for a long time the same yeah. people not necessarily the same people but the same kinds of people have been around from the beginning but i think now because of the growth it just seems to be they're breeding they're hiding out in little discords and being toxic with one another and then bringing their circle jerk on the rest of the community and it's just it's disappointing that, that that's happening yep yeah toxic and, is the word of the year yeah i i mm. I've, I've said this too like when it comes to and this is a big thing for me because i think it, i think as like a group of friends it's fun to like poke and prod at each other and you know your friend's limit and you and if you cross the line with your friend like you can obviously repair that relationship I think some people might also bring that level of like the boys or the girls or like whatever you are with your friends to some other things and like poke God and prod. Damn, dude. Sometimes, Reagan, thank you so much for the 21 gifted subs. Oh. Uh, appreciate you, man. I think some people might bring that level of like toxic friendship sometimes to the internet. This is what I was thinking about the other day. And sometimes. I'm talking about particular cases, not mean it as harshly, but just say something because they want to feel like, you know, they're doing something fun or engaging with this is how they talk to their friends. Um, it's it's dangerous because I was talking to this talking about this with, with Apiary. Sometimes our little comments oh, you, and then like again, I am not a saint either. Sometimes we'll joke around and I'll be like, oh man, this thing's not like like it's not it's shit. Like this thing's terrible. Sometimes we forget that those little comments over and over and over again to a single person really start to deteriorate the motivation and drive that that person has to produce anything ever in the future, not just for keyboards. And I think us, especially content creators, have a huge responsibility, regardless of you have 10 people, 50 people, 400 people, 400,000 people, a million people, responsibility to look at things and educate your audience and your friends and your peers to start making better selections of not saying what words you use but be more responsible with how you critique things just because it's shit to you does you don't know this person's experience how much time they put into it if it's bad if you guys it's not for you then it's not for you you don't need to go and ruin that whole person's character for it um like think about it if you put put out something and say, like, I don't know, let's just say I put out this case and then a million people say it's bad and like, you're shit, you should stop designing, like, this oh, design you, sucks. It, dude, it starts to suck, man. It starts to suck to hear that over and over and over again. And I know there's that group of people who think, oh, but, you know, they should learn from the criticism, but you haven't really given them criticism dude, other than it's shit. So what are they learning from? And I think there's a lot of people who might just want to be put to, uh, who want to put out something or draw something, um, they might put an IC or something up because they kind of see like it's because there's no real process to anything. Like if you're new to the community and you have like an idea, then you might know not know there's a process or there there's, um, you know, like I don't know how to word it, but you know you don't you might not know that there's like a process to things within a community, but you might want to throw up something that you've been working on and see what people think. And then all, then immediately you get all these like, this is stupid, this is dumb, this is stupid, this is dumb. 
Mm -hmm. It really starts to eat at you. And I've seen designers like come to me even, like people who draw something up or people who are like drafting something up. And yeah, there's stuff that's okay. It might not be good. It needs a lot of work. But oh man, like it just sucks when people are just calling you names. That, that's the big thing. And it makes you not want to work. Just to add to that, just to add to that, not just for the people that are designing things and putting stuff up for other people to comment on, people in Geek Hackers. Talking about vendors as well. Yeah, yeah. Like the amount of entitlement I hear about people, oh, I got a shipping label printed, but you know, you haven't sent it like within 24 hours. It's sort of, it's ridiculous. Like, the, sure, vendors uh, 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 take your money and have to deliver product, but they're also people too. The staff there are people too. We're like, people, damn we just We're people. Yes, can't we all just treat each other with the same level of respect? Food as on usually? the table for people. Uh, Thank you guys all for this. I just, stuff. yeah. I, I don't know, man. So, it's just, it's and, been, but, but even criticism, like, I mean, I've heard some criticism of GMK recently, uh, you know, say gmk obviously makes some stuff that's not exactly to people's liking and the amount of uh, i guess toxicity towards either the vendors or the designers of the key set as if it's all like their problem that has has to be cleaned up or they're not doing the right thing it's like give people a break here like they are vendors in the hobby i mean that they're vendors in our community that probably came from being in the community first they're not cash grab companies they are like us and they deserve the same respect yeah as as it, we would give each other they're all trying to deal with the situation same with wait times if a group buy doesn't deliver when expected and the amount of you know i guess i can understand people's frustrations when things don't get delivered when expected but there's good reasons why things don't get delivered when expected why yes. there are delays and i think you should everyone should just chill out a little bit and be a little bit more tolerant that no vendor wants you to wait longer than oh thank you then they like vendors want you to get the product as soon as possible just as much as you do they don't want to, they're not sitting there with stock in their warehouse <laughs> not shipping because they're having pina coladas it's like they they want to get the product out as fast as possible so just give them a break it's the same Yes. Yeah, and I mean, that triggers me a little bit because, like, I'm running a yeah. group by now with Thermal, Thermal and Thermal Plus, and the, the meme now is, oh, it's going to take two years to ship because Thermal took, like, a, like nearly 18 months. It's like, yeah, I can't control manufacturing times and You're not cutting the cases stuff. yourself. You are relying on a <laughs> yeah. third party. And... and when shit hits the fan and things get made wrong and they need to get remade or like and they're holiday you know, the factory shuts down for for three months or something like that yeah there's going to be delays yeah and but, uh... i mean if you if you trust the vendors and the people making the stuff that they're going to deliver then just yeah give them a little bit of <laughs> tolerance for things being slow sometimes um, so and fixing mistakes product... when they can yes 100 mm. percent uh i think that there is not a vendor in the community that runs a group by in which the product description lists here is the estimated shipping time and then the next line will look something like this is the estimated shipping time and then the third line is something like the shipping time is subject to change because when you are when your projected time is six to nine months in the future you're not 
predicting that down to the day. You're like, it's this is a ballpark. This is like my estimation. If the moon and the stars align, and all my vendors that are are you know vendoring this are, are uh, accurate with their time frames. But but things happen that are out of everyone's control. I know personally that's happened with us. That's happened with I would say every single vendor down to every level uh, delays. So. For the most part, people mm. are very understanding of that. Hold on. Uh, even, even to add to your point, Reagan, I'm not even a vendor, guys. And I was shipping out things to some people. I'm not going to name names, but one of my friends who I shipped something to. <laughs> Dude, sometimes it's not even the vendors or something, too. It's the fucking shipping companies who lose things and misplace things. And I, I understand. There's a pandemic happening. I get it. Like, there's, there's stuff happening. But one of my packages got lost in the mail and i put in a, a service request for it funny off story sorry i gotta tell this right i'm so sorry for it, paul i'm interrupting no, okay. i'm so sorry it got it's it got okay. lost in the mail bro let me tell you i i'm in toronto all right this thing had to go to the states got lost for one month all right uh they sent me a thing back saying like this keyboard you sent out you can no longer find it how did this thing end up in montreal dude they found it in Mon a montreal warehouse somewhere Tell them what it was and who it was for. No, no, I'm not gonna name names or nothing. <laughs> Just how does this thing end up in Montreal, dude? So then, again, like, there's so many variables. Ugh, I don't know, man. It's it's weird. Toronto, not Toronto. <sighs> Am I fake? <laughs> Am I fake? Alex dude? confirmed fake. Listen, and I, I don't want you guys to go and throw shade at shipping companies now. The only company you guys can throw shade at is Rogers. Rogers sucks. But um, you know, it's the things happen you know we have to be accepting of it is it, here's the, the the caveat to that though does that mean that it we should just flop over and accept when bad oh, things happen no, no. Oh, i no. mean i mean the, conversely if you've got if you're not happy with the product that you're shipped you yep. have every right yep. to say you're not happy with mm -hmm. it okay yep um that doesn't necessarily apply i mean you can have be an objective you can be objective and say, yeah, this is not what was sold to me. Yep. Or this is not what I expected or it has these problems with it and to, to get your money back or whatever. They can complain about the thing after you get the product for sure. Yeah. And I agree, even I think, I have, think a, the have a little bit of tolerance in this model that is pre-order yeah. versus yeah. in stock yeah. that the reason things take ambiguous amounts of time is because they're providing a service to you like most of the time it's an un, like unlimited or well, not most but a lot of the time it's an unlimited pre-order like they've given you the opportunity to buy something and not set a date or when it will deliver or give you a very vague date on when it will deliver but that's the that's the, the price you pay for being able to buy the thing and that this this kind of economy i guess and i agree even just i know that time frames matter um so for example saying something delivers in 12 then it comes in 24. um the last year has been a weird year for everybody um very it's been very weird um i think in the future when there's not a pandemic there's more bells and whistles to that but the last year has been so weird for everyone like there's for example when i told you guys that whole story about it going to montreal I dropped off like four or five packages, all four shipped immediately out of the facility. And this was during, well, I'm not immediately within two or three weeks. This is 
as I dropped things off, apparently there was like a huge outbreak of COVID at one of the um, places at Canada Post. Literally the week of that I dropped it off. So everything got stuck. Everything got stuck there. Um, so it, it really it really sucks that sometimes that stuff happens. But the last year, year has been very strange. Um, I feel like communication via updates along the way are a good idea. I agree too. I've always said good communication is the key to anything. Uh, as long as you're communicating what's going on, even if it's a communication about, hey, it's still in progress, it's still good communication. Uh, someone who works at a dev shop, uh, working with folks with ideas, most folks do not realize ideas take time to make happen. Uh, that's that's a good point too, Doubleday, and thank you again for your subs. Uh, ideas do take a long time to kind of, I mean, you, you hear sometimes like ideas that get brought up like five or six years ago that only come to fruition like in other industries. Uh, X amount of years later, so definitely. Uh, what are your opinions on using standoffs for fast for fastening a hot swap PCB to a plate versus not using them? That's a good question for Wilba. Hot swap PCB what? to a plate. So you know how, like for example, the Kara, or yeah. even, I guess you know, like they have the fasteners. Kara and, and the thermal. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I came up with that idea for. Well, I mean, originally the M60A had threads in the integrated plate so you could do it. And so when we went to doing the UADA, I came up with that idea of doing treated spaces to do the same kind of thing. It, it keeps the PCB and plate parallel while you insert the switches, which it, it's a benefit in my opinion, because it's a little bit tricky trying to put them all in and keep getting the PCB to be, to be parallel. It's a good point. Um, it kind of avoids a lot of those issues. It, it stops the PCB bending away in the middle, which was yeah a problem originally doing those sorts of builds if you've ever done it like just use hot swaps and plate trying to keep everything perfectly level is a bit of a trick um you don't have that issue so i mean i like using them i do use them and i like putting them in my boards but they're not essential like i mean you can build a hot swap uh, build without them like the the pcbs the kick off that's what PCBs, you can put them in their, their plates without those spaces and people have been doing that for a while now without needing it. It's yeah. just a nice to have, I guess. No, I never actually thought, I, I yeah. always thought it was more like, uh, I guess, yeah, the alignment thing. Well, like I mean, he's asking, does it introduce notice, noticeable additional stiffness? But the thing is they're keeping the plate and PCB apart and together pretty much like a switch. So I don't understand too. Yeah. why you'd think that it's going to be any more stiff. Yeah, that's a good point. Or add any different sound. Uh, yeah. Um, someone said, "Where is it? The route insurance." This is one I want to read. Cybe says, "Random question: Does the route insurance thing? This is a good fucking question. Does the route insurance thing I see in various checkouts actually do anything? I have no idea. I've never used the route insurance thing. Uh, lose a package and try it. <laughs> I, I, I have never, I have never, I buy it every time because, like, in my gut, I'm like, I gotta spend this two dollars on route insurance, but I've never used it, so I actually have no idea what the oh, process like, is I like. like. Living dangerously. Do you uh, do you live dangerously? <laughs> I have no idea what route insurance actually does, nor have I gone through that process, nor do I know how long that process takes. No idea. Uh, I don't know if anyone anything, has any experience with that. The only thing I've lost in delivery recently is a pizza, and that was very tragic. <laughs> Wait, what? You lost a pizza <laughs> yeah. in delivery? 
Yeah. Can we know about this story? Goddamn Uber Eats. They said, oh, yeah, pizza delivered. And I'm like, open the front door. It ain't there. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. You schmucks. <laughs> Driver ate it. Driver not ate it. Pizza, That's for sure. Dude. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, my Driver God. Driver did eat it. Did the car get lost yeah, to the driver? <laughs> everything else, everything else has been delivered safely. Oh Although my, my Nautilus nightmares did spend like a month being bounced around post offices, but I've had that too. I've had a package. Got it. I've had a package enter Canada, land in the Toronto area, go to BC, and then come back to Toronto. You know, very, yeah. very, very strange. Very, very strange. I, well, I had two sets of white on black from drop that went completely missing for months and then eventually showed up i'm not sure where the hell it was hiding out but they even that came eventually i should have had a package go to uh spain was the destination and it went to spain then to england to ireland back to the united states and currently it's in the united kingdom (laughs) and that that was a support ticket i got and i am the map just looks like a drawing. Like it, <laughs> it's, I don't know. I I don't know what happened, so. Uh, to bring up a conversation that I'm seeing about GMK 2008, I mean like what would oh, be the you. point of changing the colors now that the set's already been released? I believe that Omnitype stated uh, yeah. it, it turned out as, as he liked and how he envisioned it. Yeah, I mean like regardless of round one, I'm talking more about round two here, it's like, if everyone well, that's why knows, he didn't change it for round yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. If well. already if everyone already knows what round one looks like, what would be the point of changing round two? I mean, and no one's forcing anyone to buy anything either. I think that's the other thing too. It's like no one's no one's forcefully oh, going yeah. in your pocket and pulling out the money. Like I think we have to be more aware of that too. If it's not for you, it's not for you. That's all. There's no need to put anyone down for it. That's it. And to preface that, like, for if there's anybody listening. Basically, 8008 originally, the renders looked a little different than what... Or people said the renders looked a little different than what the production came out to be, right? So now people... Was the comment that was that round one, game? yeah, yeah. I think that's a different it's discussion, really? though. Yeah, I yeah. think it's, that's a totally different discussion. I'm talking about round two. Yeah. Round one, if you didn't like the colors, you know... Like, here's the thing. So was that comment saying that they, they think they should have gone closer to what the original renders yeah, were? Yeah, yeah, round two. two. Yeah. I just think it's I just... can say that if it were probably possible, it would have happened. But what I've learned is that digital renders are infinite. You can create infinite colors digitally. And when you try to replicate that with tangible items such as um, PBT or ABS plastic, you'll probably quickly find that you cannot encapsulate the the vibrance of digital renders and the infinity of that. So, I mean, and I can speak on this specifically with Cerakote is when you have a red that you're trying to replicate digitally or a Pantone, it's, you physically cannot. And I imagine that that is the case with with a, a certain level of color as well, just cannot be replicated in, in tangible plastic versus a digital render. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think... That's something people should realize um, when they're looking at keyboard renders and they know that the, the final product is not going to look exactly like that. And yet yeah. when, when it comes to keycaps, they expect perfect accuracy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it like it seems unreasonable. Yeah. Like get, look at the renders and understand that's the, the general 
idea of what the key set's going to look like, but not the specifics. It's not going to be a perfect match to the render. It's a general and, guideline. And, and if it really matters to you whether the, that particular color is, you know, exact, man, just don't buy the set. Like, I don't understand why it's such a big deal if the if the color is not perfectly matched. I understand big variants. Like, there's been some issues lately where sets come out way too saturated. They should be pastel and they're not pastel. I'm not referring to that. I'm talking about the little things, you know? Like, oh, this, this color's just not quite exactly the same shade. Like, yeah, get over it. It's just keycaps, key guys. I mean, <laughs> just plastic. If it will still look good. I mean, it will still look good on your keyboard, whether it's, you know, slightly more green or blue than what the render looked like. I mean, I remember a long time ago, I got um, one of the early sets I got, GMK Led Zepp. And I was a bit disappointed that the red was not the red in the render. Like the red in real life was a bit more orange. Hmm. And it didn't really match a red keyboard. Like the, my red keyboards were more pure red. And this was sort of a slightly orangey red. And I was a bit disappointed. But to be fair, they did color match the, the Led Zeppelin album cover red, I guess. And it was actually the renders that were wrong. So I can't really fault it if that's... And the same kind of thing. Like, the renders might not be perfect. Just deal with it. Yeah. And it, yeah. It, it's tough, too, because, like, when we're talking from keyboards to keycaps, like, sometimes keyboards have a render for colors. And then they'll get something, pro like, a prototype done. And continue to, obviously... Like, and it'll be vastly different. For example, I'll use that Bliss set. Because the, the Bliss keycap, or keyboard, rather, was vastly different. Like hugely different, um, but I think there also has to be like a, a big understanding of how color spaces work in in the digital world, uh, as well as like how the temperature of light can vastly affect some colors. Like I have some oranges, not in keycaps, just like in paint, that will look extremely different when I shine even just a warm or cool light on them. Um, so it's yeah, that's funny you say that. Yeah, uh, like I, think I have four oh, different sorry, lights yeah. that yeah. we test stuff in when we're color matching, and then we take pictures of things and upload them into color correction software, and then like compare physical samples versus like colors. And there's there's such a process that goes into like ways colors can be perceived, and and then we check it on a phone how it's going to look on people's iPhones and how it's going to look on on an Android screen and in an uncalibrated computer screen and there. There's so many ways people can view colors that it will be perceived as incorrect, but that's why everything is a general guideline of how the product's going to look. And if and if you're investing a nine month wait and and one hundred thirty dollars, then just know it's a general guideline. And on on top of that, if you're not happy with it at the end, you just sell the damn thing. You're going to get your it money holds back its anyway. value. You'll yeah. keep your money. What are you complaining about? Yeah. Again, <laughs> mildly disappointed, but then yeah, no loss, no financial loss waiting around for a year or whatever i think jim should have one line dedicated to protos though listen i'm not i'm not in the disagreements i love prototypes i love seeing products beforehand and to be honest like i am the first person to jump on the yes you should always have prototype photos um what does that mean though for gmk i have no idea i don't you i don't work for gmk nor do GMK i it does have protos not full sets of protos though not a full keyboard set like maybe does that mean as 
you receiving, I guess, those single individual keycap sets? Or what is it? Like, you get, like, a handful of keycaps, right? You get one of each color, a couple of each. It, so to me, it like, as a company, it wouldn't make sense to... Like think about loading up a plastic injection molding machine. Like you're in, you're in the, you've, uh, you've run a key set. You've placed your order with GMK. They say, hey, we're in the color matching phase, and then you go, uh, you know, we're trying to hit this Pantone. They've mixed the plastics in a way where they've taken X percentage of this plastic pellet and X percentage of this plastic pellet. They've, they've uh, molted them down into this like molten plastic. They inject it into a full set of keycaps. They send it to you, and you're like, a bit too green. And so then they repeat this process and they have to dedicate a machine to this. It it makes sense from a business standpoint to produce one to two to three keycaps and then get those keycaps and then just analyze them. Use a color analyzing machine and determine if they are accurate to the raw colors or in some cases Pantone colors that you're trying to match and then go go off of that. that yeah. And again, I think I think from from my perspective anyways i don't have much experience with gmk i don't have much experience with pantone books and stuff like that like i do when i even for example i'll use ether for example when ether ether whatever you guys want to call it came to like when i got my full proto run i opted to actually go ahead and change any renders to match what i physically saw in front of me uh as well as take photos of it i i'm doing what i can um, what does a Pantone mean? It's like a, that's a good, what's a good way to describe it's it? It's a right? proprietary, uh, it's like a proprietary coloring system. So it's Pantone is to America as raw is to, is to Germany. It's just like color standards. It's color that's printable, um, on, on paper. So it's, it's color for print. Yeah. Mm. And Sybase, I think, um, I think everyone in the community understands it already. Like, don't get me wrong. I think everyone would love GMK full prototypes, taking photos, saying fuck renders. I just don't think it's possible. And not saying that everyone's been like turning, turning over and, you know, being defeatist about it, like having defeatist attitude about it. I just think that like getting to that scale and us pushing more and more for that is not something that's going to happen immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be great, and hopefully it happens. Yeah, <laughs> and don't get me wrong. No one, no one here, I think, is like, oh yeah, fuck prototypes. I just think right now it's not possible. And as much as we can, we can talk and push for it. Um, but ultimately, it's it's up to GMK at the end of the day, uh, and it's also up to if other people bring out better competition. And this is the the idea, I guess, of business competition. Uh, if there's another company who produces just as good quality stuff as GMK and they're able to give us prototypes, then now that would also put pressure on X business, right? So, you know, what would be cool and would be like the move that GMK could do. Um, some people are familiar that there are stock GMK colors that you could previously buy from them. It would be a swatch of all the stock options you could do. They don't have to do any color matching. If they had a dedicated injection molding machine that didn't produce sets and it was just for color matching, and they uh, they typically use raw over there for that's what they prefer. If they slowly went in and started just recreating rolls, like I'm talking a, a project over like a year or two, three years, and then just swatched every single roll, that would be uh, amazing. Zambu so that you could pick it out and they already so. have it color matched. Okay, Zambumon says that they plan to do so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, there's, then, there's a lot of consideration. Forget, this is forgive me. Yeah, this is also kind of like sound 
to a degree, it's not as variant as sound. But even like Quinn said, monitors are calibrated different. There's a lot of variation. Um, again, I don't have a lot of experience. Reagan definitely has more experience than me. Wilba have, might have some more knowledge than me. Uh, I think, speaking for Chase, me and Chase are probably the least experienced here. Sorry, Chase, we're getting lumped in. I'm that. interested. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm I very interested. No experience. Yeah. But again, like this is it's great conversation to have. Um, so I appreciate everyone being civil about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I don't I don't know the right answer for this. I don't know what to do going forward for that. Because I don't think that at the moment even prototypes are possible. Uh, right now, to get samples, they have to stop the production line, clean the machines, load new plastics, tune, and make the samples. Yeah. Mm. Like I was kind of saying earlier. I know that, that much. That is a big deal. Yeah. Like, I imagine that this humongous machine doing this work, loading just enough plastic into a machine to produce three keycaps just to get denied after it arrives to you in a couple of weeks is, it's a long process. Yeah. Um, I feel like they should, you know, it sounds like they're working on streamlining that. That's awesome. But yeah, I mean, did you guys have any other questions for Wilba? Because we are hitting our two-hour mark already. I didn't even fucking realize that. Mm. It's one of the longest keepcasts. <laughs> yeah. Uh... They've heard enough, it seems. <laughs> <laughs> I've waffled on long enough. I think someone asked before. I had two questions. I Like, I'm saving them on the side here. Someone asked, like, four times, and I apologize to the person. If you're still in the room... But I just didn't know if it was appropriate. They asked how tall you are. I don't know why they want to know, but they just really want to know how tall you are, Wilba. Six foot? Six foot zero? There you go. I guess. I like I'm how also six it. foot on Tinder, guys. <laughs> I'm also six foot on Tinder. Five foot eleven. Six foot on exactly. Tinder. I'm, I'm six like, foot what? on Tinder, baby. Woo. What's... Pretty sure that's what I am. What's Wilba's favorite keycap set? Or, sorry, key keyboard, rather, that you've ever designed. So, wait, so of the ones you've designed, what's your favorite? Welcome. Uh, and you can only give one answer children. this time. Sorry. <laughs> My favorite children. <laughs> I've only designed what four. Dude, I know that's. I. I, I, <laughs> I, I really like the thermal. I still like the thermal. Salvation's pretty pretty lit, but I, I still like the thermal design. <laughs> what, is what, what, what is next? What is next for Wilbur? After salvation, after everything, <sighs> what's, what's next? Is it a full it's pivot? Next. Is it is it a new design? Is it? He'd be pushing me to do keycaps, but I don't know. I don't know. Keycaps are hard, man. Look, you don't. I get it. We'll leave that to Zambamon. I don't know yet. I don't. I don't. I don't really know. I'll probably design another keyboard, and I'll be doing lots of PCBs for other people. That's pretty much my 2021. We'll be doing a lot more PCBs. I know people keep saying thermal TKL, but uh, I don't really want to do that. Um, yeah. I think thermal TKL. Well, I, actually, I, I can leak a little bit. I am doing a macro pad. That was going to be my next question was, would you consider doing another? There you go. Someone did I'm ask, did you design the M6-C? But I believe the, the answer to that, I don't mind. I think it was just you designed the, well, the, the M PCB. The M6. Yeah, just the PCB. Yeah. yeah. I have one of those. Uh, it's design. Yeah, I have one of those. Not here, but yes, I do have one of those. I have one too. I don't know where the hell I put it though. I thought I brought it to my desk because I wanted to put it with the nice. Anyways, I don't know where it went. Uh, would you ever do a maglev mount for a future board, Wilba? No. I don't even know how that I would mean... work. What's it? I guess magnets to. 
I feel like that would be tough. Oh, if dude. you mean like the lodestone, I, I might probably no. I'm I'm not really. I don't really see the point of that particular way of doing a mount. Um, but yeah, I, I might try something one day with magnets. Why not? Coda wants to know what's your biggest peeve about. Sorry, Reagan. Do you want? What's your biggest peeve about PCB designing? But PCB designs or designing or designs rather. Sorry, designs. Designs. I don't really have one. I don't really critique other people's stuff. Um, I, I okay. Number one pet well pet peeve biggest peeve i really dislike uh the drop pcbs that are auto routed and just have tracks just Amen. going everywhere oh, Amen. that's it that's my biggest peeve like if you're going to make a pcb for this community at least have the density of laying out the tracks by hand there you go or you if, know if not put them in some straight lines like just <laughs> do you them. Hmm? i get so many support tickets related to drop branded pcbs like a humongous percentage of all support tickets are drop pcb related they're not necessarily auto routed i mean that is one way of doing an auto routed design like you could manually route that way and sometimes it makes sense to do it but not for a keyboard pcb i think it's if you've ever fixed a keyboard PCB, you kind of like to see the tracks connecting the rows and, and columns. So at least you can see if a track breaks, what it's connected to and so forth. You can sort of reverse engineer it and work out how to fix it. But if you've just got random tracks on, you know, different layers, you're not really able to see what's going on there. Uh, last um, question yeah. here before I give a little spiel and then we get off is, is ESD overrated, or is it a basic thing that all PCBs should have? That's too long to answer right now. Too long I to answer. Let's just say whatever, if anyone says, ah, oh, my PCB has ESD protection, that is not going to save you from zapping it while you are building it. There you go. Um, so you still have to take care when you're building it not to give it in the, you know a static shock the same way that you would um putting a putting a pc together so yeah take that into consideration okay <laughs> and to answer your question mm -hmm. on on voice here drifting pizza asks alex what crytox do you use in your mustache i don't use crytox anymore mm. um no more no more it's not healthy apparently um i use 205 here. <laughs> Would it be easy to get in touch with Wilba for advice? I'm based in Melbourne and working on a 60%. Uh, I don't know if Wilba does consulting. Um, I don't know. Do you, Wilba? I, I, hmm? Do you consulting? Yeah, people can, can, can email me and I try to respond. <laughs> Someone yeah. says I my use email address is on my website. There you go. Visit Wilba's website if you want uh, to know more about Wilba. Mm. I think it's guest. There we go. There we go. Bad, wait, what do you mean bad answer, Gambit? For my mustache? Oh my god, dude. Oh, someone's um, saying using a grounding bracelet. You don't need a grounding bracelet. Just just ground yourself before you start touching stuff. That's all. Listen, you know who else used a grounding bracelet? too much. I don't use a grounding bracelet. I just make sure I don't build up a charge before touching stuff. That's all. So, <laughs> there you guys go. That's my point. Take oh, off right. your socks. All right. Start building. 
Uh, I'm gonna actually cut it here because we're actually hitting our two-hour mark. Last thing I quickly want to bring up, um, just to sum something up from before. Listen, I think it's really easy for us to, or pe for people to kind of like harp on stuff that doesn't really suit our needs or our fancy. If you don't like something, no one's forcing you to buy it or support that person. Um, I think the easiest thing and with the most healthy thing you can do, if you don't like someone's designs or anything like that, is just move on. You don't have to support that person anymore and don't give energy towards that person. Um, alternatively, if you like that person, give energy towards that person. There's no one saying that you have to, I guess, support someone you don't like. I, I don't know why people do that for. I don't know why people put so much energy into someone they don't want to support. I don't, I don't really understand. It makes no sense to me. But with that being said, yeah, yeah what was sorry, Boba? What'd you say? Yeah, if, if if I commented on every geek out thread that I didn't approve of, I'd get not, not have enough time to do anything. Yeah. There like, you go. Just chill out and do something else with your life. Just just move on. That's all I can say, guys. About what other people are making. Yep. Well, speaking yeah. of uh, supporting people that we like, uh, make sure you guys check out the Thermal and the Thermal Plus right now, both running. And the Salvation is set to run in April? April 4th. April 4th. April. I think April 4th. I don't All remember right. the day. I always forget. I will be getting it. <clears throat> and I'll say to five, five. I'm excited for my thermal whenever the thermal comes in. Yes. I'm going to have to drive down to Austin just to type on the thermal. You can come <laughs> to hang out and type on it. All right. Uh, thanks yeah. very much, guys, no for letting me hang out with you. Uh, let's see if we can. Wait. Where the hell? Where's Katana? Where's Katana? Did we go too long? No, we didn't go too long. Oh my! He just ruined our whole <laughs> Sunday flow, dude. Okay, we're gonna raid. We're oh. gonna raid basic builds instead. Katana just ruined our whole Sunday flow. I don't even like you. I just watch you every stream. <laughs> Thank you, man. I appreciate you, Huff. But no, seriously, guys. I just, I just mean it in like a positive way. Like, I don't think it's healthy for people to focus on negative things twenty four seven. I just, I, I really don't. Obviously, there's things that we can collectively work on to improve everything in the community. I think that's a great attitude to have. Um, but I think harping on something that is like a personal dislike can be really bad for your mental. That's all I'm saying. Um, These are just keyboards. Yeah. It's not just keyboards. serious, right? Just Food chill. Have fun. All right, guys. Everyone have a great night. Everyone's awesome, even if their keyboard's kind of ugly. Exactly, Spike. <laughs> Take care, everyone. Have a great night. Peace out. Love everyone here. And thank you, Mr. Wilba, for coming on. Take care, Be nice everyone. to basic. Thank you very Be much. Be nice to basic. Be nice. Have a good one.